And welcome to the Evil Stepmother Speaks radio show. This is Barb Goldberg of the Evil Stepmother Speaks. We are the sacred home for stepmothers. We offer a variety of ways to give support to stepmoms, both on Facebook at the Evil Stepmother Speaks, the private group Stepmom Life Class, the book The Evil Stepmother Speaks, a guide to stepfamilies who want to love and laugh, as well as this radio show, And if you're listening to this, I'm now speaking about summer 2016, we also give retreats. So with that, today's subject might be familiar to a bunch of you, and it's called The Resentment is Just All-Consuming. And if you've ever felt like you said yes to do something and then realized later that you really don't want to do it, uh, this show might be for you. Or if you just find yourself feeling resentful, all the time, and then on top of it, feeling disappointed in yourself because you feel resentful. And then because of that, and you're disappointed, you feel as if you're a bad or a selfish person. So if any of these things resonate with you, first let me tell you you're not alone, and secondly, this might be just the show for you. So resentment, it's that feeling you have when you're doing something you don't want to do, or that you feel unappreciated doing. And remember, what makes resentment even worse is that we're not supposed to feel it. And remember, in our Western society, many of us grew up being taught that you know, being nice to people and that you, know, you always have to do what they say in a way or it gets construed that way or we're supposed to be just these giving human beings at all times of life can push us more and more towards this feeling that, wow, someone asked me to do something, and then I said no, and now I'm really pissed. And then, let's just complicate things even more. Resentment is married to its evil mentor called the need to please. So if you're a person that finds it difficult to say no, and you feel as though you're obligated to do whatever is asked of you, not illegal things, I mean, just like basic favors, then the need to please is probably the perfect precursor to a life of resentment. So let me give you some examples and see if any of this kind of rings a bell. Hey, will you pick up the kids? Yes. Hey, will you take care of the kids while I'm at work? Sure. Will you have dinner ready? Yes. Can you help the kids with their homework? Okay. Will you take the kids to the doctor? Okay. Will you agree with me that the ex is a bad mom? Uh, Sure, according to everything you've told me. Any of that sound vaguely familiar? Oh, and one more thing I forgot to mention in those first lists of requests. By the way... You have no say in raising the children. Um, Okay. Your income is included in calculating child support. Um, Okay. The children have to come first. Then, of course, my career or my job. And then you. Okay. I really don't want to discipline the kids when they're with us because I'm really afraid that they won't want to visit. Hmm. Okay. Oh, and one more thing. Um, if we hear these things, and initially 
They sort of sound semi-reasonable or pretty reasonable. After we live with it for a while, we start to have this feeling. Hmm. If I say that I don't want to help, or if I say that I don't want to do any of these things, it will look like, here's a list. I don't love the kids. I am a selfish person. I only think of myself or my kids, if you're in that situation. I don't love him, and I fear that my partner will leave me, and I'll be alone the rest of my life, I will be a failure, and I'll be living in a van by the river. So, at the end of the day, many of us have reached this conclusion. I am just not worthy to speak my truth. I have to do whatever is asked of me. Whatever I need just isn't important, and I'm definitely trapped. So if you've had those feelings, I would challenge you to ask yourself, is that absolutely true? I mean, at the end of the day, this complicated subject of resentment may come down to just a feeling of lower worth. Perhaps that complicated feeling of resentment comes down to one simple perception, and that is our own self-worth. And here's the thing. If the resentment is left unresolved, which for many of us it is, at least for many of us that don't get divorced, it is very effective emotion at fueling anger. Because once you internalize that resentment, the anger then becomes a ticking time bomb. It could lead to self-destructive behavior. Have you noticed that you're not doing the things that you really want to do in your life? Or that you're gaining weight? Or that you're drinking too much? Any of those things. It's because resentment becomes this personal, intimate, and private emotion. And the weird thing about it is, it almost, on some level, has no effect on the person it's directed towards. It really resides with us and causes our own personal negativity and pain. So, given enough time, this feeling of, of resentment can really, really harbor and get rooted into your soul. And for many of us, these feelings of resentment may have even started way before we were in a step family, but in our formative years as a child. Why? Because many of us were told, you didn't talk back. Negative emotions, whatever those are, were prohibited in your home. And we were taught to be quiet and follow the rules. So you can understand when we get into more adult relationships, that same behavior kicks in again. It almost feels like we're a child or a teenager again. So this then manifests itself into maybe a fear of expressing ourselves. And I can tell you that not only will, is it probably manifesting itself at home, but maybe even at work. So, and because again, there's a huge fear, irrational as it may feel, of 
what may happen if we actually express what we need. So how do we get rid of it? Well, this is going to be one of those cliches that might be an eyeball roller. But you can't change it. If you don't love and respect yourself, no one else will. And love and respect, along with boundaries, does not come from saying yes, yes, yes. It comes from pure, honest answers that comes from your pure, honest self. And here's the thing. It's been found in nature and not only animals in nature, but with humans as well, that actually people feel a lot more comfortable when there are clear boundaries and they know where they stand. It's almost like being cuddled up with a bunch of blankets around you when you have that cuddly feeling. It's the same thing with the boundaries and the rules that you have for yourself that the others around you understand. So if you really want to change your circumstances, you're going to have to do the one thing you don't want to do, and that's have an honest conversation. The first one has to be with yourself. You really need to be clear about what you want, what you're really truly happy to do and want to do for the family members, and then express those clear parameters to your partner. And by the way, this isn't good a good conversation to have in the midst of anger or some kind of an incident, actually make an appointment to talk. Put a scheduled time on the calendar for a quiet, if you can find it, calm, if you can find it, time. And be sure that when you're explaining what you're willing to do and not to do, that you explain the why, and use the word because, behind your decisions in a very fact-based way. Stay away from the emotional types of comments. You're this, your ex is that. No, no, no. We're going to stay very fact-based and literally as if we were in a business meeting. I'm going to give you an example. It goes something like this. You know, honey, I know you know this about me, but I'm an introverted person. I need a certain amount of time alone. It keeps me rejuvenated with energy. And I find our big family to be very draining for me. I need time to rejuvenate, to be my absolute best self for myself, for you, and for the kids. And now that I've lived our life together for a while, I've now realized that I've just said yes to doing too much. And I'd like to make some adjustments. And then you can take it from there and be specific. But that's the gist of it. Fact-based, not personal, just a clear understanding. Even though this is a fact-based conversation, it will feel very scary. It's going to trigger that flight-or-fight response. Your heart may beat quickly. You may even pick up a sweat. You might be super nervous before the time comes for you to sit down and talk. But... You're going to find that by being honest with yourself and with the people around you, it's going to free you. Yes, you will be free at last and free at last. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at barb at theevilstepmotherspeaks.com. 
If I can be of any other assistance to you, like if you feel that you'd like some one-on-one coaching around subjects um, around your stepfamily or your stepmother life, just drop me a note. And like I said, feel free to maybe consider a stepmom retreat or actually taking time to read the book, The Evil Stepmother Speaks, A Guide for Stepfamilies Who Want to Love and Laugh. It is a quick read, I promise, and you will laugh while you're reading it, believe it or not. So with that, I wish you all the best for you and your family. Until next time, take care.
watch-outs. For those of you that step in and do extra work in the house because you think, quote, it won't get done the way you want it to, or that it won't get done in the time frame that you want it to, um, or that, quote, you can do it better, um, I'm going to encourage you to try to fight off those instincts. Because sometimes we're a little bit, how do I say, tough, if you will. A lot of us are type A, it's kind of tough. So if you know that you have those tendencies, and you already know that it's a certain child's job to do the dishes, and they get up and they don't just immediately run to the sink and start doing it, or they stop and do something else. And even though I know, even, at the, even as I'm saying these words, if you start to feel stressed out, you can already start to feel your back tighten or your stomach rumbling at the mere thought of it, then move yourself out of the situation and don't look at it. If you know some of that's going to go on and it's going to drive you insane, go into another room, shut the door, and do something else. Watch TV. <laughs> Put on your computer and do something. Go on Facebook. Go into stepmom life class like a lot of you do, etc. Don't look at it. Don't start freaking out or anything. And if you come out later and it's still not done, it's over to the bio parent and say, hey, dishes still aren't done. Handle it. And even if it goes to the next morning, ignore it. Repeat it. You know, you told them once, just let it go. It's the only way things are going to change. Okay, and if you feel that stress coming into your body, just breathe through it and also check your thought work. You know, those dishes need to be done right now. I don't want to wake up to those dirty dishes in the morning. It's going to drive me crazy. Um, I don't like going to bed with the house is dirty. Um, a lot of those thoughts, again, came from childhood. It's no different than if you let a child cry in their crib so that they learn how to self-soothe as an infant. This is like kind of the same thing. You gotta have the strength to let it go until people get it and they realize it's so unbelievably gross, they'll get it done. Even if it goes on for a week, it'll get done. You just have to have the faith that it will, breathe through it and keep going to another room and checking your thought work. Here's another watch out. For many of you, um, you may have made an agreement, and sometimes there's someone impulsive or um, agreements or agreements made without really thinking every single minute of your day through, but you made agreements with your partner to do certain things, especially with your stepchildren and so forth. And now that you're living it, you're realizing that it really doesn't work. And, and when you make that list of all the things that you're doing, you start realizing that it's just eaten up your day to a point where there's just no time to breathe. Don't think that you're, quote, a flip-flopper. Here's another one where thought work may come into play. If you change your mind, you're a person that doesn't keep their agreements. If you change your mind, you're a flip-flopper. Or I hate this one. If you change your mind, you're, quote, just like a woman. Not true. If you change your mind, it's because you're educated and you know more now than when you originally volunteered to do certain things. So again, check your thought work. What does it mean to you if you were to change your mind or change an agreement? And listen, it's no different than if you were in business and you had a contract. And one entity comes to another and says, listen, you know, um, I know we originally got together. I said that um, you know, I was going to order so many units per month, but I find that we're just not selling through. I'd like to adjust that quantity as to what we're selling through or 
or increase it more. We're selling more things, so can, is it possible to increase it? Or can we, you know, even sometimes it's, hey, the economy's getting tough. We want to change the day of receivables from 30 days to 45. Things that might be, you know, maybe not the greatest, but still making an adjustment. People may not like it, but in business, they would understand it. Like, okay, these are fact-based kinds of conversations. Same thing in your home. Fact-based kind of conversations. And just sit there and say, you know, when I volunteered, I really thought that I could do it. I really thought that, you know, I had the time. I just find that it's too much. I want to get dinner started. Or I want, you know, I really want to take that yoga class, and I would be better as a mother and better as a wife if I had time to take that yoga class rather than go, you know, and fill in the blank, whatever it is that you're doing. And by the way, it may seem counterintuitive, but when you do do something for yourself, be it the yoga class, be it the happy hour with the girls, be it anything, be it sit down and read a book, you become a better mother, wife, partner in the long run. Even though you're not doing like the, you know, helping with homework or doing the typical, quote, mommy things or whatever, you will actually do a better job and you'll be, because you'll be happier. And if all else is lost, when you're talking um, to, especially like your male partner, Sometimes you need to talk to them in a way that they understand um, maybe better than some of our other logic and they would understand. And, you know, the bottom line of it is, is that if you're resentful, bitter, exhausted, then your sex life is going to suck. You know, you're going to resent being with your partner. It's, it's not going to be something that you're going to be gung-ho to do. But if you have a life where you're doing the things that you know, generally you're comfortable doing, you have a little bit of time for yourself, um, you're not like listening to all the banter and about things with the ex-wife, that's another show that I've done at times, that's another topic for another day, and all that stuff, negative, 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 negative. You are going to be a much more willing sexual partner and a much better sexual partner. And sometimes when you explain things to your um, especially your male partner, in those terms, they understand it better. And they're much more open. So, you know, consider that. As not, it's not only a tactic, but it's also a fact. Because while all this other stuff is going on, very often our intimate lives are affected. And that actually has a huge impact on the rest of our lives. So, listen, this is your own personal journey. And remember this, when you save yourself... You save your children, all of your children, and you save your partnership. The most powerful, powerful work you can do is to set an example by living a 360-degree life for yourself, okay, without resentment, without the bitterness, without the negativity, without listening to stories. That's the example that you want to set for your children. And them watching you work through it and actually being fact-based, and carving out um, a day-to-day -day existence that makes sense for you will teach them how to do that for themselves. It's the greatest gift you can give them. So with that, um, I wish you all a wonderful week or year with your family. And if you feel as though you'd like more support, you can find me at barb at theevilstepmotherspeaks.com to write me an email. Of course, my website, theevilstepmotherspeaks.com, where you'll see blogs. And my radio show, um, The Evil Stepmother Speaks radio show, which is on 
play. You're listening to us at Block Talk Radio. And if you'd like one-on-one coaching, please go to the website and you'll see for uh, support, um, the support tab, support for stepmoms tab, and I'll be happy to coach you one-on-one. Or of course, you can write me an email. You can join us on my open Facebook page at The Evil Stepmother Speaks on Facebook. And there's a private one called Stepmom Life Class, where uh, that's our sacred space for stepmoms to talk privately. If you'd like to join that, please uh, feel free to friend, to friend me at Barbara Goldberg. Um, I live in Arizona. If there's a few of us that pop up, I'll see you there. And I can usually tell you're a stepmom. I'll write you a little note, and I will let you in. So with that, all the best to you. Take care. We'll talk next time.